I've said to you before, one of the things that I enjoy about us, Linda and I, doing Iona in is that our house either weekly or seems like now daily is filled with different people. People we've never met, most of them we've never met before. You get a chance to interact with them, talk with them, and it's, that's like my favorite part of the, of the whole thing. And this morning we have a couple that have been with us for a couple days and then Darby and Colleen rolled in last night. So I get breakfast all set. They're sitting at the dining room table um, starting breakfast and I had to go up to the office to try to finish up a couple things before I came here. So, but I could hear the conversation around the table. Well, the next thing I hear is Darby's voice saying to this couple, well, I, I kind of sense the Lord is saying X. I, I can't remember what it was. So now they're downstairs prophesying to the guest over egg muffins. <laughs> so when I come down, there's smiles around the table and a good time was having, being had by all. And, and I, it, just, it just, it enriches me. That we, can, that we have this avenue for this to happen in our home, around our dining room table, over and over and over again. And, you know, as matter has memory, that dining room table and those walls are absorbing everything that's being said and adding it to what's already been said and just building the deposit. So just to sit at that, in my view, just to sit at that dining room table introduces somebody to an atmosphere that's unlike any atmosphere they've ever been at at any other table. And we hear them talk about it. They don't know how to define it, but they experience it and they talk about what they're sensing and what they're experiencing. But this morning, it was a great joy to have these two at the table and prophesying over our guest and and it must have been a good word because they said they were coming back. <laughs> so with that, let's give a house welcome to Darby and Colleen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. So yeah, we had uh, just got back from... Pause. I got to fix you this. Oh, I'm down too low. No, but your, your mic fell off the cliff. It's all hanging down. Man, just a mess. I'm a mess. Should I bring it up closer? Oops. I broke it. Leave it up to me. If we're going to make a mess, we might as well go all the way. All right. I think it's better. I don't know. Does it seem a little bit better? All right. I don't have to like really strain my voice. Okay, cool. Awesome. So Colin and I just got back from Uganda and uh, we, we're, <laughs> we're still trying to find words to wrap around our experience because it was crazy, awesome and crazy. Um, I feel like, um, I feel like um, I told Colin, I said, I feel like we're going to have, it's going to take some time for us to really wrap around our, our words around our experience because of how much, how big it was, how big of an event that took place that just, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. All I know is that um, it, the Lord was showed up powerfully. Um, when Colleen first told me about the trip, I thought, yeah, I'll go as her support. And really that was, that was the whole idea. 
Um, at first, I was like, no, you can go. And I was like, you can go on your own. That's cool. Because Colleen's an independent, independent woman. She can handle it. And um, But then she's like, I feel like you should go. And I was like, okay, well, I'll go as a, I'll go as a, as a help, just, just to help you out, whatever. And you could be Batman and I'll be Robin was my whole thought was. You know, that's okay, because eventually Batman does, or Robin does become Batman. But anyway, that's a whole other geeky thing there. So, um, yeah, I know, I know. But I, I went and served her, and then, um, and uh, I ended up, uh, she ended up working with kids with the special needs, and I got a chance to play with the kids too. But um, it was interesting, because I ended up painting a mural in one of the kids' rooms, and I did the letters, I did the alphabet, and I did the, the numbers, and it ended up becoming an office because people and the staff would come in and they would just want to talk to me and get counsel. A lot of them never had prophetic words before. So when they experienced prophetic words, like, how do you know me? I was like, well, it's God. He knows you. And so, um, so that was really just amazing. We had a great time. Um, and we saw, uh, we saw some really cool things, which I will share in this kind of in this, um, this time with you guys this morning. Um, but you want to share anything at all? Like, not right now. Okay. So she's a boss, doesn't want to do it right now. So, but uh, we have some things we'll share a little bit throughout the message. Um, you know, it's interesting. Before I left on my trip, um, I, I have to tell you, tell you that I stole this from Graham Cook because I've learned so much from him over the years. But Graham Cook has often said to ask God, like, who does he want to be for you? in this moment of your life. And I, just, I asked him a couple weeks before I went on the trip, I said, God, who do you want to be for me in this season? And he says, I want to be the Prince of Peace. And um, I want you to know, like, this is not to go into like this past year, but this has been one of the hardest years. I mean, I've had almost lost my dad several times and my mom and, and um, had other issues I can't even go into right now. But, um, I, I know that I needed to go into deeper levels of peace. And um, sometimes, you, you know, it's like, it's like we, have, we have varying degrees of our experience of certain things. And, you know, like for the most part, I'm a pretty peaceful person, pretty joyful person. But then there are certain times you go through certain circumstances where you realize that there's some holes in the boat. And, and so this trip kind of really solidified the Prince of Peace, and I, I believe he's still showing himself to be that for me in this season. And what's, what's amazing about that is whatever you see in God is what's being developed in you. You know, whatever you're seeing in God, whoever God is being for you is who you are going to be developed into. So God says he wants to be peace, the Prince of Peace, then my experience is now I, what I experience in him, I will own it and I will, I will bring it out into the world. And so I feel like that that's, this, this season has been uh, a lot of overhaul and a lot of uh, deepening my understanding of, of what faith looks like. And I feel like I'm just scratching the surface, to be honest with you. Um, sometimes I preach and I'm like, wow, like, I feel like I'm not even able to describe what, what I'm trying to speak and what I'm trying to share because of the depths of what God's doing. Um, and so I'm going to share with you guys this morning, I think, is a really important message. I don't have a title for it, but basically um, it goes along the lines of, of um, uh, I'm, I'm calling it right now, uh, Tools for Mind Renewal. 
tools for mine renewal. And one of the things that I, I believe, and you probably have heard me many times over, is that one of the most important things that I think that, uh, one of the most important things that I believe as a believer for us to do in this world is to get our mind renewed to what Christ has done. And, and, and anything else, uh, it's, it all comes down to receiving. Second Peter chapter one says, God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And everything means everything. And so really our goal in life is to receive what Christ has done. And by receiving what Christ has done, we become partakers of his divine nature, which is crazy if you think about it, right? It's like we get to take a part of his divine nature by receiving, which is like, that's the good news. That's like, imagine like, you know, you know, like you go to your local gym and they said, well, your body transformation is going to happen is every time you come here, you'll get a different body part that's, that's full of muscle, no fat. I mean, come on, everyone else would show up at the gym every day, right? This is kind of what happens with us in, in our faith is by receiving his promises, we look more like Jesus. So if we go through the process, I mean, there's over 800 promises in the Bible. So, I mean, some of us could look really, really, really good, you know, in the spirit. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, I don't like this part of myself, this part of myself. Well, it's because we got to get our mind renewed. Um, the normal Christian life is a life of, of the fruits of the spirit. Like, not a lot of people teach about the fruits of the spirit. It's like we're on to other things. We're on to, like, this, the, you know, we're on to healing and deliverance and prophetic and angels and going to heaven but the reality is, is that the fruits of the spirit without all, without love, they're all worthless, right? And so I want you to know that the fruits of the spirit is all summed up in the basket of love. And, and, and the thing is, is that without love, it's just going to be pointless. There's nothing that, there's no fruit that will last. And so, um, so, and the thing is, is what it all comes down to, ultimately, mind renewal, the, the, the ultimate thing is, is why, why receiving his promises transform you is because every one of his gifts were given with intention and love. So in, uh, in John, if you want to start here, we can look at John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And I am going to read from the Passion Translation. Um, I love this. Um, we'll start in verse 31. John chapter 8, verses 31. And Jesus said to the, those Jews who believe in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you will prove that you're my true followers. If you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. I love that. If you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom in your lives. In your lives. Now, I want you to know the word truth here, you could actually take it and actually put the word reality in here. For if you embrace the reality of Christ, it will release the true freedom into your lives. So this is really simple. We live in two, we have two different kingdoms and, and we can live um, and we can die in two different kingdoms. 
And sometimes as believers, we find ourselves going to two different kingdoms throughout the day. And if you look at it at like a journey in, in our life, you know, what is, the, what is this day? What, where is the journey of your life today? Where are you journeying into in the walk in the spirit? And there's really two options. There is a life in the spirit, right? Or there's life in the flesh. And one of the great ways to find out where you're focusing on and you're the reality of the kingdom of God and how to test the lenses by, uh, by what you're looking through can be a, a great way of measuring what kingdom you're focusing on, what reality you're focusing on. So how to test your prescription. You know, like when you go to the eyeglass place, they test it, they're like one and two, right? One and two. I get nervous. Like, I just like, right? I like one, uh, two, I mean, and so it's like, it's kind of like the same thing. Are you flipping through the lenses and noticing what lens you're looking through? And the reality is, is that there's a great way to test your lens by which kingdom you're focusing on. And it's to the amount of freedom that you live in. So it's to the amount of freedom that you live in. So what you behold is what you become. So if you're beholding bondage, you're, 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 you're releasing bondage in your life. Now, this really cool thing, and, and, and a lot of preachers talk about it now, especially in the prophetic, I've heard it many times, is reticular activation systems. It's basically your body's way of recognizing patterns. Now, I want you to know that your vision is like a matrix. You know, like the movie The Matrix? Your vision is a matrix, and whatever vision, whatever vision you're looking at will produce a different matrix. It'll produce the matrix of the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness. So what reality are you living in? Now, I want you to know, uh, unfortunately, we are double-minded people, so we go back and forth between two different kingdoms. And so what happens is, when you are double-minded, James says that we're unstable. So one of the ways to notice what your vision is, is how stable you are or unstable you are. Stability is the sign by which you are living out of what kingdom? So if you have more stability in your life, now what does that look like? It looks like when all hell breaks loose. That's how you know, because like we can like pontificate about how great God is and how great our experience is and yay God. But then when the stuff hits the fan is really to see what you believe. Which is crazy because theory, theory cannot exist in the trenches. Like when you're in warfare, theory of warfare does not work in the trenches. It's either going to work or it's not going to work. Right? You theorizing. So the problem is, is that sometimes we think we own the truth uh, but we actually just have a bunch of facts that we've learned. You know, we could say we could say the right things, but we could, but but we're not experiencing the reality of that. We own, we know something or own something intellectually. So, one of the ways of knowing of what lenses you're you're in is by the stability in your life. What happens when? Something that's, that comes that's a left, a, a left field zinger. You know, I call them zingers. What happens in that moment? Are you reacting? Or are you responding? And so like, this is a really simple message, but the reality is, is that unless we learn how to walk in the fruits of the spirit, 
you're going to be uh, you're going to be tossed about by every wind of doctrine. Yeah. I want you to know the other thing is is that that if you that that it's the truth that will set you free. So if you don't have the truth, you're not living in freedom. What does freedom look like? Well, freedom looks like the fruits of the spirit without end. Now, obviously, all of us are in a different continuum, right? We're all, it's not like a binary, right? We think of on off. It's not necessarily, at least in our, in our minds, it, 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 the, the reality is on off. It is on off. The kingdom is on or off. We're either on the kingdom or on the kingdom of darkness. That, that is true. But our experience and our mind being renewed is on a continuum because there's areas of my life that I don't even have, need to have faith for anymore because I just believe, I just know, right? There's certain things I don't need to believe. I don't need to think in my mind, I need to believe this and be, have faith for this because I already own it in the spirit. But there's certain other areas of my life where that might not be, that might not be the, the, the case. There might be something in that. So you ever notice that in certain areas of your life, certain compartments of your life, it looks amazing, but then you don't want anyone to see the closet, right? Like when people come over, we all have that closet or that drawer where we throw everything in. Like that's the one that we don't want people to see. But that just shows you kind of like where you're at in your, in your mind and where you're at in the reality of the kingdom of God. The reason why this is so important is, well, first of all, it's for freedom's sake that Jesus came. So he came. That was his, his main goal was to give you freedom, which is so crazy awesome because if you think about it, God gave us the freedom to choose between two different trees. So even though, there's a, even though in his mind there's a possibility of you using your freedom, freedom to make the wrong decision, he still came for that. Because he's not, he, he's not needy. He's not like, I need, he wants you. He wants you, but he's not needy. And he's, he's so powerful that, he's, that, he, that he can allow you to walk in that freedom. And he's so confident in who he is that it doesn't matter. It does matter to him what choices you make, but it's not going to wreck him. He, he, he's saying it's so important that you have freedom because you have freedom to cho- choose. Otherwise, you don't have a freedom to choose him. And what's so beautiful is as you go through life, it's really easy to have a lot of like theories on theology. It's a lot of, I mean, we could go and talk about things and get all intellectual and talk about all this stuff that we believe about the kingdom. But the reality is, is that if there's no fruit in your life, what's the point of believing it? You know, and that's why I probably, the older I get, the more simple I go. Because I realize that I don't know, Right. Or I realize there's certain things that are not as important for me to figure out. It's just not. It's just not. Or even, it's not even worth even talking about. It's not because I'm afraid to talk about it. It's just not worth it. It's like, what does it produce? You know? Um, so there's, there are these two different kingdoms that we're operating out of. And one of the other ways is, is to see what kingdom you're at. Is, 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 it talks about in John how his burden is light and his yoke is easy. So in two different environments, so I know this analogy breaks down, but if you go, for me, for instance, when I go up to the mountains, like a higher, when I go to higher altitudes, my breathing is different. Like it affects me very strongly. Like I'm walking up hills and I'm like, whoa, I gotta like, I walk a couple steps and I gotta be like, I need to, I need to slow down. Now, 
Part of that is, is because I'm still working on getting myself healthy. I'm still getting myself strong. I'm still working on losing weight and, and getting stronger. But the reality is, is that I'm not used to that environment. And some of us, I want you to know that in the kingdom, you can't adapt yourself to the environment of darkness. Your body will never adapt to that environment. So some of us are spending time in the kingdom of darkness and wondering why you're tired and worn down and full of anxiety and fear. That's because you're living out of the wrong lens, out of the wrong reality. So how do I know what lens you're looking through is by his burden is light and his yoke is easy. Now, ease can happen in the middle of hard things. See, when you realize that the weight of the world does not rest on your shoulders, then you know that there's a place of freedom that you have because you know that God has the lion's share of everything you're dealing with. You're living under that freedom. Does that make sense? So these are just some ways to know what lenses you're looking through. Here's another thing, and I I, I could go through all the verses, but like how much hope there is attached. A, A good way to test if you have the right lens is if you take a thought and you look at if there's hope there. A good way of discovering what a lie might be is there's no hope attached to it. Right? And so there's, that's another way. So there's all these different ways that we kind of like engage like our reality and where we're at. And it's really interesting. I've heard this analogy so many times, but when you're flying planes, there's times when you have to only go based upon the instruments that are given. And, um, and that, that's our only way because there's, there's full of clouds. And sometimes our life is full of clouds. And that's why we have to have the truth because the truth will set us free. It'll give you, it, it'll give you a marker for where you're at. Because where you are in Christ and you know the truth of God will set you free. That, that another, another thing that happens in your life if you're looking at the wrong kingdom is that when storms come, your, your house goes down and it goes down with the storm. How you're building your life is building upon the rock. So these are the things that I've been thinking about a lot lately because it's like, how do I get to a place where I'm looking with eyes of faith and not fear? So when I'm looking through my matrix, I want you to know that whatever I focus on grows. So if I focus on the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of darkness will grow in me because if my eye, right? It says it talks about Matthew. It talks about our eye, right? And if, there are, if our bodies are full of darkness, how great is that darkness? Well, it's all in what you're focusing on. It's what you're seeing through. So the thing is, is that most of the problems that, actually, I could say this, all the problems we're dealing with are, is, is an inside job. Now, that doesn't mean that the enemy doesn't come after you and that there's external environments, but how you respond or react is an inside job. So if you want to pass it off on everyone else, if you want to pass it on to your troubles on to the government or, or you want to pass it off to your wife or you want to pass it off to your church or whatever, the reality is, is that until we take full responsibility, to realize that we can govern our own lives. And it comes by understanding the fruits of the Spirit. So let's look at Galatians chapter 5. 
Galatians chapter 5. Okay, so verse one, at last we have freedom for Christ has set us free. We must always cherish this truth and firmly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Now, I will say this is that one of the, one of the ways to gauge whether or not you're looking through the right lens of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness is how much are, is your mind and your thoughts are on your past. How much do you think about your past? And I'm not talking about cherishing the good moments. I'm talking about going back to your past and thinking about the mistakes you've made, the, the experiences you've had. And, and I want you to know, I know that people in the room, there's things that you're dealing with and working through, and that's, that's okay. I'm not picking on anyone. But I am saying that how much freedom you live in is how much you're stuck in the past. That's, that's, a, that's a lens for you, which you can look at your life. It doesn't mean you beat yourself up about it. It just means that just, it's, an, it's a way of gauging it. Now, when I look to the bat, back to the past, what happens is God wants to redeem those areas of your life. And he wants to show you where he was at, where the enemy wants you to think that God was, was absent. He was an absentee father. He wasn't there. That's what, the, that's what the Lord wants to do with our lives is he wants to take us back to those places. But what happens is we get stuck in this present past experience. We're always looping. We're looping in the, we're looping in the past. Now, sometimes you might not be thinking about the past the way that, the way that you might be hearing what I'm saying right now. But some of the other things that can happen is sometimes you'll react to things because you're triggered by something, a trauma in your past. That's part of the past, even though subconsciously or consciously you would not know that. But subconsciously, you know, like you get, you get someone that maybe you've had things in your life where, where you've had somebody that would, that would hurt you or maybe you had a father that hit you or whatever, and then you would just flinch. You know, part of this is where God is healing us because he doesn't want us to be stuck to our past that way. He doesn't want that trauma and those wounds in our life. He wants to show us where the true freedom is, is when we're healed, where we can make choices, not by reacting, but responding. And this is where I really believe where, you know, we could talk about miracle signs and wonders, taking the county for the Lord. We could talk about the, the taking the state, we could talk about taking back our nation. We could talk about changing the world. But if we don't have this right here taken care of, then you're building everything on sand. And this is why a lot of us, at least I'm admitting my own life, where I've not been able to get the traction or I've not got the traction that I wanted is because I'm trying to put out the fires in my life so much. So I'm like, wait a minute here. This is what the enemy wants to do is distract us from what we're called to do. And he wants us to react to everything because you ever notice that? Like when something interrupts your flow and all of a sudden it takes a while to get back your groove, something happens in your life and you're moving in a direction. And we know, we know like 
you know, you start making decisions and stepping into your destiny, we know that there's a chance of something coming to interrupt it. You know, it tries to throw us off our equilibrium. I can say that for myself and for Colleen this year. It's been, that's been the case. So um, he goes on and talks about law and grace. That's another way, and I'm not going to go into all this, but knowing the difference between law and grace, those are two different lenses by which you're looking at. You know, when you think about all the things you have to do out of duty versus what you get to do, that's another lens by the way we can look at the world. You know, like if, if, if what you're doing is out of duty, then you are not going to want to do whatever is that, that, you're, that you believe that you need to do. It's all based upon duty. I'm going to go to church because people are expecting me to be in church. Like that's a wrong why, why, reason why. You know, you don't go to church because people are, now there's nothing wrong with having, having a need and having brothers and sisters to watch out for you. But if you're doing it because for some reason you're going to get score points with God, well, that's, that's the wrong way of looking at things. And you guys know this, right? Um, so then you go down here and he, he talks about, if you go further down, um, uh, let's look at here. Let's look at verse 16. Let me emphasize this, as you yield to the dynamic life and the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of self-life or the natural realm. The self-life. When your self-life craves things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from growing free within you. That's pretty awesome the way it's worded there, right? So it's the freedom. I mean, like we're putting, we're putting the, we're putting the God of the universe in bondage by not allowing him to flow through our life. Cause that's what grieves the Holy spirit. That's the whole idea of grieving. The Holy spirit is actually slowing him down from moving through our life. Because listen, your life is not your own. It's Christ's life in you, right? That's the hope of glory. So he wants to live his life through you and the Holy spirit's intense cravings Hinder your self-life from dominating you. So what happens is you'll, you'll actually take the Holy Spirit's cravings. That's a good craving right there, right? I mean, I'm going to crave like the Holy Spirit craves. What's the Holy Spirit's craving look like? It looks like lifting up the name of Jesus. Like he's craving to let people know how amazing Jesus is. You ever notice that your life is so much better when you start talking about Jesus? Just like start talking about him. Like just, just by the act of talking about how good God is, it shifts you. Why? Because it shifts your lenses. Right? So we have this Holy Spirit craving. Lord Jesus, we pray that we crave you. Right? We crave you and that you, we have your cravings living through us. But when you yield to the life of the Spirit, you will no longer live under the law, but soaring above it. See, the thing is, is that when Jesus came, Jesus not only brought the law, he brought the law with steroids. He's like, he took it, he took it to the umpteenth degree, right? But in Christ, we're not even, we're, we're so high above the law because of the grace of God that we are not even thinking about, can I do this or not do this? You know how much time it takes to try to figure out what to do in life? If we're basing our life based upon the law, I can do this or I can't do this. God wants to take us to a vantage point 
where we can see the vistas of, of God's grace. That is the place where we're not trying to always figure things out. That's the place I want to go in the Lord is that he takes us up higher. Now you think about, you think about the eagles and how they use the, they use the winds of the world. They use the, uh, the bad storms to rise up, to go higher. That's the life that I want to live out of. And that's the lens is, is, that, is that if you realize and recognize in your life that you're able to see God's grace and you're growing in grace. Because that's, that's the process. Sometimes it is, it's, I don't know, I hear stories about people experiencing God and it sounds like they have no process, but I just don't believe it. I just don't believe that, that anyone's like completely there 100%. I really don't. Now in Christ, you are the righteousness of God and you are holy and you are blameless. And that is true, but we're not always manifesting that, right? I don't know about you. I mean, if you have, I mean, let me know. I mean, I want to hang out with you and learn from you. So verse 19, but the behavior of the self-life. Now here's a, this is a way of knowing what matrix you're in. What's the self-life? What's, what's the fleshly life? What is the kingdom of darkness? Here it goes. Sexual immorality. That's an obvious one, right? And people are like, well, I don't have that. I don't got that one. Lustful thoughts. I mean, and lustful thoughts is not just about sex. It's lust, lusting after things other than lust, lusting after God. Pornography. Chasing after things instead of God. There's one. <laughs> I mean, I mean every, one of, well, every one of us could have that one. Right? Manipulating others. That's a lot more subtle one. You know, how are we getting our kids to do what we want them to do? How are we, how are we, how are we enrolling our wives or husbands into something? Are we manipulating others? Here goes, hatred of those who get in your way. <laughs> You're like, get out of the way. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not gonna go. Yeah. 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 Senseless arguments. How to know what lens you're looking through. Are you having senseless arguments? Right? That is bad. Here, put out your hand. No, the other way. Bad Christian. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's, uh, I had to do it. Public sin. Anyway, so. <laughs> Resentment when others are favored. Ooh. Ow. Oh, oh, oh. I think it, I stepped in something with that one. <laughs> right? Right? It's like, dang it. I have been, I have been faithful for all these years, God. And this person just came around and they guys scooped all this up. Not anyone in this room. <laughs> all right, here's one. Temper tantrums. Does everyone ever get in a tissy with God? And I can't believe it. No, we're all adults. Only children do that, right? Angry quarrels. 
Oh, man. Could you just, like, not go in here into all these details? Come on. This is a passion translation. It's wrong. We got to look at the King James Version. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that would be weird. Sexual immorality tith. <laughs> Lusteth through pornography tith. All right. I'm done. I'm done. She gave me the idea. She gave me the... Daffy, Daffy Duck, Daffy, suffering, suckatash. I can't. Okay, so <laughs> sexual immorality. <laughs> this would be a bad clip. Like he, he's up there. Like I'm gonna get this one. This is gonna go. We're gonna isolate this one and put it on YouTube. What was this guy? What was this pastor smoking? I don't know. <laughs> yes, so bad. Yes. Uh, okay. Only thinking of yourself. Can I tell you, that is like the worst life in the world. When you think only of yourself, what a lonely world, right? Because then everyone gets in your way. All, all this stuff fits in with all these other things. Like anyone gets in your way, right? So you're, so yeah, being envious of others, um, being in love with your, being in love with your own opinions. <laughs> Wow. Oh, man. What kingdom are we focusing on? All right. Um, being envious of others, bl the blessing of others. Murder. Uncontrolled addictions. Well, we think, well, I don't smoke or I don't drink. But what sugar? I mean, like, I mean, if you don't have sugar every day, what happens to you? It's an addiction. I mean, I'm not trying to get Mormon on you, but that's true, you know? <laughs> Coffee. <laughs> Sorry for the Mormons out there. I'm not picking on you. Um, uh, wild parties. Now, I have to tend to disagree with this one. I want wild parties in the kingdom, but we know this. And other, other similar behavior. And what they mean, they mean other things. And I'm not going to go into all that. But these are all the fruits of the, of the flesh. These are, these are parts of showing you what kingdom you're dwelling in, right? Haven't I already warned you that those, those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? Now, that sounds really scary, doesn't it? It's like, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I, my view on this is actually you can get saved, you can get born again, and you can have, you can, you can go, you have your golden ticket to go to heaven, but you're never going to inherit the inheritance of what Christ died for for you. And you're going to live like an orphan. That's the way I look at this, that scripture. Now, I don't want to go and go to heaven and be like, God like, says, look, you had like a billion bucks in the bank and you live like a pauper. You lived all 50 cents a day, Darby. You know, and I'm not just, it's not just money. It's the fruits of the spirit without measure. You can have as much of those things as in me without measure, uh, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So, but the fruit, verse 22, but the fruit produced by the spirit within you is divine love in all of its expressions. Now, before I go into this, that's another way of looking at what lens are you looking at? Are you looking at the lens of fear or are you looking at the lens of love? That's another lens. Throughout your day, how much fear do you find yourself coming under? What does that look like? Maybe the fear of you following the footsteps of your family and the way their health is. Maybe it's the fear of the economy crashing. 
Maybe it's the fear of whatever president is there, maybe, or whatever, whatever the thing is, there's fear, right? And the point of this is not to beat anyone up. It's just to say, let's, let's, get, let's, get, our, let's get our lenses worked out. Let's, let's work on and, and seeing the kingdom of God and actually being intentional with changing our focus. This is so simple and so simple, but it's not always easy to do because we've been trained to react to the world. We've been trained in the ways of the world. We've been homeschooled in the, in the world of the flesh, right? And we have to learn how to walk a different way. So um, I love this, the way they explain. So uh, the fruits of the spirit, joy that overflows. How many of you guys would like to have some joy that overflows? Like, you know what I mean? Like you're like pretty much like snockered to do the work that you got to do. I mean, like, I love that one. I'm like so joyful that like, I don't have to think to myself, oh, I must do this. I mean, you just do stuff, right? You ever notice that? Like maybe in your, Maybe some of these people in, the, in your past, like when you were like not living your life for Jesus, you know, might have had a little too much intoxication and you're buying everyone drinks. I want you to know in the kingdom, it's the same way. You know, like you're so full of joy. You're like everyone, you're almost like Oprah with a car and you get a car and you get a car and you get a car. It's like, you just, you want to give. You're, you're so overflowed with joy. You have so much to give. Okay, and, and that's, that's, that's the life. I mean, this, that alone, imagine if you could take your joy levels up by 10%. Like if we're gonna talk business here, we could talk about percentages. Just imagine what would be produced in your life with just five more percent of joy in your life. Like how awesome would that be, right? Right? So we have joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Like, now that doesn't even sound that powerful maybe to you, but the word peace here, um, I believe is, is, is at least coming into the mindset. I understand it's written in Greek, but the Hebrews were still thinking about shalom, which is in the Old Testament Hebrew, is the, it is the peace that destroys chaos. How many of you guys want to live in so much peace it destroys chaos? You got some chaos you want to get rid of? Let's get some joy. Let's get some peace, right? Let's, let's overwhelm the situation with the peace of God. Let's, let, your, let, your, let, let the peace of God so rule your life that everywhere you go, uh, that chaos is screaming, get me the heck out of here, right? That's the kind of peace that I want to live in to that degree. Patience that endures, right? Patience that endures. I want you to know, guys, in 2 Peter chapter 1, it says that God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, and everything means everything. That means all the fruits of the Spirit. Every fruits of the Spirit, I, I, maybe you guys are already way beyond this, but the fruits of the Spirit are in Christ without measure. So you already have patience. So patience that endures. Imagine being able to overwhelm the devil with how patient you are. Like he can't even, he doesn't even have enough bandwidth to deal with you. Like his resources are so low, his battery is on 10% and you're living from 100% continually. Like that's the kind of patience I want to live from and maybe overwhelm some other people with patient love towards other people. That's, a, that's another one, right? Just love the hell out of people. Be patient, right? <laughs> kindness in action. I mean, we could talk about kindness, but 
Imagine that the fruit of the Spirit will bring so much kindness that it produces action in you. Some of us are feeling like we're not active. We're not stepping out forward. What happens when you get so sucked up into God's love is that you're so overwhelmed by God's love, you don't have time to think of yourself and the fear that you have towards the decisions you have to make. It just happens. Action's just produced. A, a full life of virtue or goodness. Just a life. I mean, how many times do you see those stickers? Good life. I'm living the good life, right? I, 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 I can't tell you how many times I see those stickers. And then, like, people, it's like, live, oh, so how are you doing today? Living the dream. And you're like, really? Are you really living the dream? Because I'm not. I'm like, I want to grow in this. I want to truly live in a place of goodness where I just, I don't, I don't think, and this is not, I want you to know that this is actually going to produce more life-changing, supernatural moves of God than any other thing that you're going to do. Then you have access to all the fruits of the spirit. You have access to all the gifts of God. You are a Swiss army knife of God. Whatever you need is what's going to be available to you. Yes, you're going to have certain areas that you're going to move towards. But the reality is, is that if you're living from the fruits of the spirit, you can wear down the enemy in the kingdom of darkness. Like you, you are, you have a hundred percent battery life. You will never, as long as you are in union with Christ, you will have never run out of these things. It will never run dry. Um, and a life full of goodness, faith that prevails. How many times have you felt like you were overwhelmed by the situation where that situation prevailed over you? Well, what would happen if you prevailed over it? That life was prevailed over because of your faith. Your perspective was so persistent that reality itself had to bend towards the, towards the will of God in your life. That's it, right? Where you're so persistent in your goodness and the way that you're seeing things, it's like, no matter what, your, your intention is like a jackhammer to, to, the, to, to the reality of darkness. It just, it can't stand. It can't stand in your way. Gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. To be so gentle. You know, if you're gentle, you're not, you're not chopping someone's head off because you, you're hangry. You're hungry, you're angry, right? You're not chopping people's heads off if you are full of, if you, if you have the gentleness of God flowing through you. We can answer people with a gentle answer. I've been trying to catch myself not to, I mean, because we can get people close to us. You know, in the morning, I'm not a morning person. So I'm not, I'm growing in it. I've gotten better. I've gotten up earlier since Uganda, but like, it takes me like, listen, if you see my family, you would know that I'm like the best one out of the family. I earned some kudos with my legalism there. So that's a joke. Um, but <laughs> it takes me a little while to wake up in the morning. So we, and Colleen's like, good morning. And I'm like, uh, she said good morning, like five seconds ago. And I'm still hearing the word good. Like, I'm already hearing the good, right? So it takes me a little bit of time. And strength of spirit. Now, this sounds like we just throw that in there at the end. It sounds good, but strength of spirit. So strength of spirit is living with your new man fully out in the world. Like, do you understand, like, you guys, in the, in the spirit realm, you guys... People would, if, if people would see the spirit man of who you were, people would bow down and try to worship you because of how glorious you look in the spirit. That's how glorious you are. 
Now, we don't want people to bow down, obviously, but I'm saying that's how glorious God made you. So live, can you imagine living out of the fullness of who you are? What that would look like. And that looks like the fruits of the Spirit. And that you overcome the world with love. You know, I, yeah, and never, never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless. Limitless. You are limitless in the spirit. You are limitless. That's the life that I want to live out of. Now you think about this. You know, people are trying to live in this world that is designed for love. Like the atoms, everything is held together by Christ, right? God is love. So imagine, you not only is all creation is held by together by love, so is all your cells in your body empowered by love. Your breath in your lungs are empowered by love, but yet you have no love in your heart. What do you think is going to happen? Your world's going to be full of chaos. How many people are living, trying to live against what God created them for? God created us for a purpose, the way he designed us. There's a certain way. We're designed for love. So what happens when you get the fruits of the Spirit, living in the fullness of the fruits of the Spirit, is that you become love. And the world will resonate with you. The, the, and I'm saying the creation itself. So that's why it says in Romans chapter 8, it says creation is groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. Yes. They're looking for the sons of liberty. Yes. How can you set people free if you're not, if you're not, you don't have, you're not living out of your liberty? Yes. I, know, I hope this was something good for you guys. So I remember, I'll tell a story here. Um, so when Colin and I were in Uganda, before we left, the Lord said, to, or the enemy said to me, the enemy said to me, I'm mentioning what the enemy said to me. He actually said to me, I almost heard him verbally, and I'm not paying attention to the devil, trust me. I'm like, I'm hearing this voice, and I'm like, this is not God's voice. He says, I'm going to kill you and your wife. And I was like, hell no, you are not going to kill me or my wife. And, and so, so I said, because it's hell, right? I'm saying, hell no, I'm not going to die. And my wife, and I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell anybody. And we went on our trip and everything was going well and it was awesome. And we had some hiccups here and there. And we were there for our fifth wedding anniversary for our first missions trip together, which is really cool, right? So on Saturday, we, we were planning on Friday to go to this place called Sippy Falls, which is up in the mountains. And it's, it's not that far from this one town called Mbale. And we we're probably about three hours from where we were staying in Jinja, Uganda. And so it was cool because they had like a coffee tour and they were gonna like show us like the process of like growing coffee, which is awesome makes me realize how precious coffee is and the work that's put into it. We don't even realize how much work is put into it, right? Uh, they don't just shake a tree full of, like, coffee beans and grind it. No, there's, like, so much more involved. Anyways, that was great. We had that night, and then that evening, we're actually living, we're actually staying in these huts, basically, with a little bit nicer than a hut, but it's pretty much a hut. And that was the hotel room on the side of a mountain, and there's a waterfall. It's called Sippy Falls because there's all these waterfalls. 
So that night, for the first time in 25 years, it rained more than it ever has in 25 years. And then in the morning, we were supposed to go on a hike, and we heard this noise, this crashing noise. And um, Colleen said she heard a scream. I didn't hear that scream, but we, we ordered our breakfast the night before, so we went to go get our breakfast. And they kind of have like this dining room that's open so you can see the mountain. So you're like on the, it's almost like decks, right? And you're overlooking the mountain, but all the lights were out, so there was no electricity. And then our waitress finally comes into the dining area and she's like, she's in a daze. And we're like, what happened? She says there was a landslide. So she takes us back through the, through, the, uh, through the employees area and we go out to the back and there's all these Ugandans standing there and they're in a daze looking up at this building. And what happened was there was a mudslide that went over the, partially over the building and a tree came down into the kitchen area and the chef almost got hit by a tree. Well, the girl that was recording the video of what happened with the mudslide there was two parts. There was a mudslide and then the tree. Well, she went in to, to do the video in between before the tree fell, and then the tree fell on her. And actually, she, yeah, and she was like, felt like she couldn't breathe right. So we ended up praying and ministering to all the Ugandans because they were all in shock. And then um, we ended up leaving there and uh, driving the one girl to have an x-ray to see if she had broken ribs or whatever. And um, we drop her off. We eat breakfast. But hallway going down the mountain, um, in the area, of, uh, right down the bottom of the mountain, there's all this swamp area that was, dr this was drained, but it wasn't drained correctly. It didn't have like all the infrastructure. So when the rain came, it filled the area that was a swamp and made it a swamp again, basically. And so you're seeing like all this water filling, going down the hill. And we start driving and we notice like that the roads start getting water on it. And so I want you to know, like, there's, like, the road, is, uh, it's, it's above all the ground. So it's above, so it's, it, was, it was put up there because of the rain. But now the water was filling those areas and then coming over, and the road was being full of water. And we got to a place where there were, there were Ugandans taking our vehicle and pushing, our ve pushing their vehicles to go through the water to make sure it wouldn't go off on the both sides. And then we had traffic going north and south. So there were trucks, and it couldn't go over because the, the roads were washing out. And so the trucks were coming like inches from where we were on the opposite side. And then you're seeing these vortexes of water, like whirlpools. I mean, it was, I want you to know, it was violent. And um, the water started going up about a foot and then two feet on the road. So I'm thinking of all the stories I heard, like don't go and drive over water. But we can't turn around because there's all these cars behind us. Right, and then there's other cars coming this way, and there's no room to turn. You got to go through, you know. Otherwise, everyone's going to have to back up, and I don't know how far that line was going, in both directions. So I, I at first, I want you to know, I started. I want you to know the first place. What happens when you, when 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 your environment, uh. Your environment is a stimulus that actually can start the process of you fearing. It actually happens in your body first. So when it first started happening, my body is like, like freaking out. Like I'm starting to feel fear and my brain's catching up and saying, this is not good, right? So as soon as that, this is not good feeling started coming and starting, the Lord said to me, he says, we could do this your way or my way. <laughs> I said, 
I am doing your way. And so the Lord's teaching me, right, in the middle of this, the Prince of Peace. And so I just started praying in the spirit and I just started focusing and I started thinking about the other side, like the feeling of how it's going to feel on the other side of this and that the, that the, wor- the water would not uh, overtake us. And in Isaiah, we thought about the scripture that the river or the water will not overtake us. I didn't have the whole scripture. We couldn't even get on Wi-Fi very much, um, but we got on there for a second for our prayer group to have people praying for us. And for six or seven hours afterwards, we couldn't get in touch with anyone. And so people are like freaking out, like what happened to us, you know? So anyway, we're going through there and Colleen is, you know, you want to share like, how are you feeling? You want to, you want to tell like the, 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 the true version of how you're feeling? So I was sitting in the back (laughs) and, um, at this point it's raging. I mean, I lifeguarded, I grew up in the ocean pines area, so I definitely know how to swim. And so my stomach was churning and I was like, I have to poop. And it's good. It literally, what I was feeling is the exact same color as these flooding waters on either side of us. (laughs) And I was thinking this poor Ugandan, how do I tell this young driver that I literally need a bathroom or it's, I don't know what's going to happen. Like it, it's like, Everything's good, and then all of a sudden, everything just changed, and you're in this moment. And I was like, my stomach was just a nuts. And I just had this thought, and I was like, I refuse to die in this car. I refuse to die in Jesus' name getting stuck in this car. And then I thought, I have my passport, I had everything, and I was like thinking, I, if, if, if anything, I'm going to swim out of this car because I'm not getting stuck in this car. I'm going to swim to a tree. But then all of a sudden this thought came over me and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, Lord, like we are seated in heavenly places. So I am just going to come from the posture of above with you in Jesus and Darby. And we're going to come into the power of unity and agreement. And we, and I just said, in Jesus name, we just take authority over this entire, all these flooding waters that are raging. And we just decree and declare that the waters will reside, that the, I just kept hearing the waters will reside, the waters will reside, the waters will reside. And so I just took Darby's hand and we held it. And I just said, we're just going to say this in faith in Jesus name. And then all of a sudden within five minutes, like everything just started to come down and we got to the other side and I was, you're, you're going through it and you're just seeing like, I mean, it looked like a marathon. Like if anyone's run a marathon and there's people at the finish line and there's just tons and tons of people and you can't even see them. That's exactly, I mean, it was so many Ugandans and they're just there like in shock. Like there was 400,000 people displaced after this flood. So 40 something people died. 40 something people died. The following day, the news was going out through all of Mbali that uh, two people, two white people, two white people, they didn't say American, but died in it. And we're watching like livestock just right past you. You're watching cars like just getting stuck and just by you. And you're just like, you're just staying in this place that he truly is the Prince of Peace. And um, you were looking at me and what were you thinking? I was like, wow, my husband is so calm and so, <laughs> so peaceful. And because he was so peaceful, it put me into such a state of peace. And I was like, wow. The Prince of Jesus. Peace. 
But then we got through the other side and I said to the poor driver, I'm so sorry, but I have to go to a bathroom. Like, you have to find a bathroom or I need <laughs> to get to the side of the road. Like, I didn't care. Getting bathrooms is not easy there, by the way. Yeah. You're, you're like, and I was like, thank you, Jesus. It's an Exxon. <laughs> but it was like, anyways, that's just like the real feeling. Like my body was feeling everything. But in that moment, I could hear even Graham Cook saying, like, have another thought. And it was, I could come into the agreement of the spirit of fear and just start meditating and pondering that I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And I could stay on that thought. Or have another thought, which was having the perspective of the kingdom, which is like, whoa, I'm seated in heavenly places. I'm from above, and I'm going to look down at this and say, my God is bigger than the storm. My God is bigger than the, the raging waters. My God is bigger than, like, even this vehicle. And I was, like, telling God, I was, like, I was, like, watching all these Ugandans pushing these other cars, and we're just in, like, a two-wheel vehicle. And I'm, like, thank God my husband's a big man because I know that he is part of keeping other than these big, fat angels. I was, like, and the big God, fat angels. Big fat angels, but keeping this car and these yeah. tires because it was seriously. They were obese oh, angels. Sure. Yes. <laughs> They're very fat. Full of love. <laughs> they say that angels look like you. I'm like, wow, those are some big angels. <laughs> and very good looking, too. I mean. So, so, yeah, so basically this whole trip. Now, I want to kind of end on this is like, so the work that we did uh, impacted many of the kids um, the, and, the, and the mothers of the, of the kids. In, in Uganda, in the bush, like some of the children, the mothers, the, the villagers look at their children that have special needs as cursed by God. So we had to go in there and uh, teach them that, that, no, this child's not cursed and and so there's really cool pictures of Colleen like loving on the kids. I got a chance to play play with the kids and love on the kids and pray for the kids. And the staff was very encouraged by our trip. And so we know that it was the enemy. I mean, not and that's not to say, listen, I, I, I don't want you guys, I'm not trying to say that every time you go and level up that there's always going to be a devil. I, I know people say that, different level, different devil. But I want you to know, like, I don't think it always has to be that way. I think sometimes the enemy just says, I'm not bothering, because every time I bother this person, they get stronger. That's the way I look at it. So is there anything else you wanted to share about the trip before I wrap up? I have a couple of prophetic words, but is there anything you wanted to share about the trip? Yeah. Um, I think I'm still wrapping my mind and my heart around everything with words. Um, but... You know, it's a beautiful thing when you say yes to God, and even in the midst of all the no's for that yes, because I just felt so much grace, and I just felt so much protection, and I just felt so cocooned. I told God, and I told Darby this, like, I literally felt the the level of prayers and love and grace and just uh, I just felt so cocooned in the will of God like you know how those moments you're just going in faith and like you know that you're doing what God's called you but then there's those moments that you just have this like I know I'm at the right place at the right time like I know I'm I'm totally in the center of God's will and that same feeling that I had on our wedding day is the same that I felt the entire time we were in Uganda and um, I can tell you this one little story. So I, two days before we left for Uganda, I got a phone call from Claire Byrne, who's the founder of Imprint Hope. 
and she's the she's an occupational therapist. And basically, I was told that she had a family emergency and she had to fly back to America. So I'm thinking, okay. So basically, we got there and we had two days with Claire, and then she had to leave. So I we so Imprint Hope is a seven week program. First and time in history that they ever have an intern actually run the occupational therapy, and it was Colleen. Wow. Yeah. So. Um, so Imprint Hope is a seven-week program that brings these mamas and babies from all different parts of Uganda with a child with um, a disability. And there's a really intense screening process for them to even come because it's a really big commitment. And they come for seven weeks and they provide the rehabilitation, the medical, the nutritional, the educational, and the counseling needs for these families and really help empower them to get back on their feet and to start a business back in their village. But it's really to eradicate um, just um, all of the lies that the enemy has really put in just the strongholds over Uganda and just the African people that children with a disability have been cursed by God. And so Claire has just been on this mission, just pioneering and been building a lot of relationships over the last couple of years with this. And so we had the privilege of, so because it's a seven-week program, we literally started the day that the mamas and the babies arrived, a whole new group of five moms and five babies for seven weeks. So we were there for the first two days with Claire, and then she left. And so um, it was so intense, but so, um, I, I, it was just so grace-filled because I just felt like we were in our element. It was home away from home. And got the Ugandans are awesome. Yeah. I'm like, please come to America and teach us a couple things about they can teach us about relationships. Things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I saw, you know, my my biggest thing and my biggest prayer for Darby and I going to Uganda was just because of what I've heard about Africa is you're just gonna be so overwhelmed with the need. And I was like, Lord, I want to be so overwhelmed with your love far greater than being overwhelmed with the needs. And that just really like centered me every day that I'd be so overwhelmed with him that it, it's now it makes me understand and like even the heart of Heidi Baker with like stopping for the one, then being so overwhelmed because you can, you can just see so much need that literally you can just get so bogged down and being like, I don't even know where to go. I don't even know, like I only have this much to give, like, you know, even financially or just with a hug or a smile. But it, it's so true of just learning how to be and learning how to live in that moment of being like, okay, this child is in this mama for this half hour or at this hour that you've given me is the time that I need to just learn how to love. And you know, you think that you're signing up to go somewhere like you're coming to give, but it was actually really all about like us just learning how to receive in a greater dimension and learning how to receive love and, and to be love. And so one day there was, um, there's a volunteer OT that's there twice um, a week that comes and she came up to me and she said to me, Colleen, like there's this young girl, she's coming off the boat. We're on, we're, we overlook uh, Imprint Hope over Lake Victoria. And so um, there's some islands out there. And so anyways, this OT said to me, hey, Colleen, like I know you're like running all of these other mamas and babies, but there's this young girl and she's 14 years old with spina bifida and she has hydrocephalus and her mom is coming and her aunt and um, they're coming. We want to tweak her wheelchair and we would love to just have you work with her. And I'm like, okay. So I literally like come out from like all my morning working with kiddos and mamas and I see this little girl and I was like, I just took a deep breath and I was just, I, I was just overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed with just the nature of her and just like 
wow, she's not walking, and she, I, I've, I've done some wound care, but her wounds on the outside of her ankles were about this big on either side, and it was just this moment where it was like, you know, when you see so many needs, it's like, Holy Spirit, where do I even start? And if I only have a half hour to 45 minutes, how can I be the most effective that could be so life-changing for this young little girl? And not downplaying the power of prayer, but the power of connection and really bonding, right, between mama and the child, but also what I can teach in that moment. Because there's a moment that teaching is really powerful, but there's also a moment where just a smile is, so, is, is, is even more powerful, you know? And it's like gauging, like, what does this child need in this moment? And so I saw this little girl, and she was the most downtrodden. Like, I, I work with a lot of kids that have been through the neglect and the foster care, and I've, I've seen all that, but I've never seen to the level and degree of, like, just, just mutedness because of just trauma and not feeling like she had a voice of any sort. And so as I just started to care for her wounds, I just started to pray for her and just to bless her, and she would not smile for me, and she just kept her head down, and I would just ask the interpreter to help, like, encourage her to pick her head up, and no eye contact with me, or whatever, for such a period of time, and the goal of this young little girl, so because she's 14 years old, and her spina bifida, she has no sensation from her knees down, and so she, when I saw her, she was down like this, um, and, and if she's not in this position, sorry guys but she's constantly like this and that's why she has the wounds on either side and so her brother who's 18 years old is the one who does her primary transfers every single day in and out of her wheelchair and so my heart was okay lord i want to teach her to be independent and i want to pray over her voice that she feels empowered to know that she's confident in hearing your voice and so I just started praying for her, and I just started to coach her with the other t OT about, like, what life is ahead and what she can do and what the strength that God has given her, and really to break off the, like, the learned helplessness and really that depending on other people but being empowered for her to be able to do her transfers on her own. And it, it was just one of the most powerful things. And she, Holy Spirit, told me exactly what to do. The wheelchair was falling apart. I made a couple tweaks to it. And then we didn't even, because she has no strength to her legs, I found this bucket that was absolutely perfect for her. And she was able to use her upper extremities to be able to, she was able to go ahead and she, yeah, sorry, sorry guys. But she was able to go ahead and push up off the floor like this. And then she was able to get up onto the bucket and then up into the wheelchair all on her own. And um, one of the things that the Holy Spirit was showing me was just teaching her some different positioning that she could do at home. Um, but the most important thing and most valuable thing was, what do, you, what do you love to do? And at the end of our conversation, and she said that she would love to learn to sew so that she could actually start making clothes. And so I was able to write a goal and talk with her pastor who was actually there uh, to witness everything. And so they are getting her into some sewing classes so that she could actually start a small business business and be empowered to do on her own and feel like she has that skill on her own instead of relying so much on her brother and her mama. And so I, I share all this because 
I have seen so much heartache, I've seen so much brokenness, but I normally am the first one, I would say for the most part, that I can crack a smile in any kid, and this, this little one was just so challenging. And I knew it was like, I couldn't rely on my own strength. Like, whatever I did, it was like, Lord, whatever you need to do. And so I finally just sat next to her, and I said, I know physical touch might just be so unusual to you, but may I hug you? And she said, yes, and so I hugged her. And then I looked at her in the eyes, and I got really close to her face, and I said, can I just hug you again? And so I hugged her, and as I hugged her, I just started to cry, and I just said, I want you to know, I said, that lie that you don't have a voice, I said, in Jesus' name, I command that thing to go in Jesus' name, and I just release the life of Christ in you so that you can smile and be the joy of the Lord that you are to your village and to your mama and to your brother and to your sister, and all of a sudden, the light just started coming through this girl, and she started to smile, and she started to tear up, and and so the OT and I were just like tag teaming in this and just like hugging her and she just kept saying like thank you thank you thank you and so anyways I didn't see like an instant healing of obviously like you know healing to her lower extremities but I was like you know what matters more as I said God told me years ago that as you allow me to heal your heart I'll heal your mind and in that place of God healing your heart I said to her I just want you to know as you allow God to heal your heart all these things are going to start coming into alignment in your life and so Oh, she um, and she didn't even fully know tons of English, um, but there was enough of a language with the interpreter that she was responding to everything. And so it was just like a really beautiful thing. And at the end, we just hugged and we had lots of tears and um, she just felt so empowered. And so she was able to get in and out of the wheelchair. We did two tra transfers just to practice it. And the, the pastor was just so excited. So now from what I've heard, she is getting signed up right now and she's like working on sewing and starting her own little sewing class and then she's going to teach her peers at school because she's felt so isolated at school because of her disability. Wow. Let's see if I turn this one. Should I leave this one on? Oh, yeah, you can just put it back on the scanner. Okay, okay. All right. So, yeah, this is, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it was really cool. I mean, one of the coolest things that I think when we left was seeing the staff being encouraged because they have a hard job. They've been doing this for years. And some of the conditions that the people that work there are living in, I mean, we are so blessed because they literally live in some mud huts with maybe a little bit of electricity going through them. And it's just a different, it's a different world, you know? And so we got a chance to see them get very encouraged, you know, by going there. And they got a the chance to see the power of God too. There was things that took place but I think the biggest thing is, is that beyond the, 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 the healings and uh, uh, other stuff, they, the thing is I think they got loved on a lot. And I think that's what was really tr the transformational thing that took place. Yeah, it was cool. We saw miracles and stuff, but ultimately it was just about bringing love to the people. And so we feel blessed. And we know that we're, the Lord's going to bring us back there someday. Um, for all those who prayed for us and you guys, that's awesome. For you guys that sowed resources, I want you to know, and I don't just, this, I can say this, is that you sowed into good soil because um, it wasn't just for our needs, it was for other people that we sowed into. And we were, 
<laughs> we weren't even thinking like, you know, it's just like whatever the Lord shows us. I mean, we had, we just stepped out in faith. I mean, and God was so faithful. Like, it's crazy. Like, I'm not, I don't even want to go into all the detail, but like you give something and like all of a sudden the Lord, like op- he opens up, like someone says, I'm in the States and I feel like I need to give you this. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, it's just the timing of everything was so awesome. And it's just, you know how it is. It's like when you're in that flow, right? You're in that flow in the spirit. And I really feel like that that's what this all comes down to is the Lord wants us to rise above all the noise and chaos and to really go and and make an impact on where you're supposed to go. You know, and other doors were lining up after this trip. We got connected with a guy that knew the president of Uganda and all these things just just by showing up. Like it wasn't even anything that we had to work for. And I'm sure that you guys have traveled or even, you know, experienced in, in the United States when you're in that flow, things just start connecting, you know? Sure, are there challenges? Yes, of course there are. Um, but yeah, it was it was really cool. And I feel like Colin and I were like, well... We don't know what this next season looks like, uh, but I, we definitely, we definitely are excited about it. And um, you know, one of the things I told my wife, and this is like where my heart's at, is like I want my business to take off so much where I don't have to go, and she she could actually do what she's meant to do, because I'm not just about my mission; it's for her mission and then our mission, you know. And so I feel like that that is, and that word's probably for a lot of people that are here today is like. God wants to have you guys do things differently than maybe those friends that you are around that have the normal, whatever the thing is, the job or whatever the thing is. I feel like the Lord is having a step in to have more autonomy to be able to make the decisions. Because, I mean, many of you guys in this room, there's no doubt in my mind, like, and, and, and I'm not, I know it's not just about money, but if you have the resources, how many things would you do? You know, and I really feel like, I want you to know that literally I'm seeing millions of dollars being poured into the kingdom of God. In fact, without going into all the details, one of our friends, um, he is, he's doing things in Dubai and he has all these oil sheiks that are having visions of Jesus and they're, 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 they're Islamic and they're experiencing Jesus. And they're like, we have all this money. Jesus gave us all this. And that's what they're in the we, we want to give millions of dollars to these, to these ministries and stuff. It's just, I want you to know, like, you guys don't limit what you guys can do based upon your circumstances. You know, take your little five loaves and two fishes and see what God does with them. You know, because in the, in the face of what you're called to do, you're always going to feel like you have five loaves and two fishes. But that's only if you're looking at your refrigerator. If you're... If you're looking at God's refrigerator, you know there's enough for a party. Um, so anyway, I, I just feel like I just have a couple words. If I could just go through them real quick. And I know it says, yeah, real quick, Darby. But no, like literally real quick. And um, well, I mean, I know. I get that, you know. But um, anyway, I just felt like I had a couple words that I wanted to give before I left. Um, and so uh, my encourage, encouragement for you is recorded if you do um, have a phone with you. I I have been seeing more prophetic words, and I know I probably say this every time I come here because I feel like it's been the past two years. I'm seeing more prophetic words come to fulfillment, and I'm even like calling this pull out our words and start like warfaring with our words even more now than ever before. And I feel like that that's where we're at. Like, okay, God, what's next? Like, I honestly look at this church and I think, man, you got all these giant killers in one building. Like, what could happen in this place? Like, 
Honestly, I don't really care if your numbers are like four, five, six hundred people. I don't think that's what you guys are meant for, to be honest. I mean, I mean, sure, can things grow? Sure. But I feel like that right now where you guys are at as, as a whole is you have a bunch of giant killers. And the, the goal is actually to find out where you're going to have the greatest blow against the kingdom of darkness and where you're going to have the greatest, uh, uh, when you're going to have the greatest release of God's glory. And God is positioning and repositioning us. And um, that's, that's what's happening. You guys are, some of you guys are going to have like jobs that you've been working out all your whole life and, and they're going to say, listen, you're, you're done. Um, we're not, we're not, don't think you didn't do anything wrong, but we just, we're having some changes happen. So there's upgrades coming. There's things coming for you, and I really believe that with all of my heart. I got something for you. I got something. Yes, I got something for you. Yeah. So I, um, so one of the things that I believe I hear the Lord saying, and babe, if you get anything, you let me know, because uh, she could prophesy. She's really good. <laughs> she doesn't like me saying that, but it's true. She just has a different way of doing it. Um, so what I see for you is, um, I believe the Lord is taking you back and I'm seeing him taking you back to a simpler time. And I feel like what's going to happen in this season is God is, um, he's shifting you into a next season and the season is a season of simplicity. And I feel like some of the questions and the things that you're working through a lot of those questions are, are um, you're just going to embrace the mystery. And then you're going to shift. And what's going to happen is you're going to come into a, and not, not that you don't have this, but you're coming into a greater childlike way with what God's taking you into. And um, you've gone through a season of some losses. And um, some of the people that played a part in the role in your life, there people transition, they move on, they do different things. But the Lord is about to bring, bring people in your life that you, you're going to be like, and you already have some good people, but you're going to be like, where have you been my whole life? I feel like you're going to have some of the best, um, like God's going to connect you with some of the most awesome people in this season that's actually going to answer this part of your heart where you want connection in a deeper way. And that's where everything's going to flow out of, like all the questions. And some of those questions will never be answered. Some of the questions will be answered, but it's not based upon intellect. It's going to be based upon relationships that you have, right? And um, I just speak over your, your um, I speak peace over you. And any place where there's been darkness, try to discourage you. I just break that off of you in Jesus' name, and I speak the light of Christ to go through you and to give you a new hope. A new hope. A new season. A new chapter. I speak, I speak adventure over you. I speak fun over you. And every thought that has no hope attached to it, I just, we just remove those things in Jesus' name. 
you got something moving around there. <laughs> I think your heart is moving. <laughs> oh, there's a baby there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want you to know there is no limitation over you at all. No limitation. No limitation to your dreams. No limitation to your heart. There's not one. And the baby's saying amen. I got something for you, big man. Big man. What's your name? Jason. Jason, did I ever give you a word before, Jason? Ooh, goody gumdrops. So, yeah. So, like, what is going to happen? I don't know, Jason. So, Jason, I, um, this is what I believe I hear for you in this season, is you're coming into an upgrade. Um. One of the things that you have in your heart is that you are, you have the heart of a servant. And you have such a, a big heart for people. And you've had this in your heart since you were young. And your love for people hasn't always been easy for you. And the, Lord's, the Lord wants to show you that um, he wants to show you what family really looks like. And he wants to show you that family will honor you and not just use you. And love looks like words of encouragement and affirmation and not trying to pick you apart. <laughs> allergies, that's all. Just allergies. So the Lord is actually dismantling all the lies that the enemy spoken against you and the weight of the world that you've carried on yourself and the wouldas, the couldas, the shouldas, that's not, your, that's not the story of your life. And any place where there's been regret that you wish you would have done things differently, that is no longer a part of your vocabulary. I'm going to stay home today, Yeah, this is a new season, and the Lord is taking you into understanding not just church, but the kingdom of God. And he's opening you things up to the spirit. But the Lord is showing you most more than anything else is that you are loved. And that you're appreciated. Not by what you can do for us, but for who you are as a person. The love that you carry. The kindness that you show. You're always looking for the, the, the person that felt like they were the outcast. 
You always had a heart for those who felt like they weren't the cool kids. And you had a way of just collecting people and taking care of people. You've had the heart for the youth. You have a heart for the adults. You have a heart for people in general. And you have a heart of mercy. But God is going to restore parts of your heart in this season where there's been broken hardest. God is bringing restoration. I want you to know that God's going to do some things in your family. Because you want them to experience the breakthroughs that you've been experiencing. And the Lord hears your prayers. And people's hearts and your family are going to come back around. And God is going to bring restoration. And where you feel bad because you can't be around them right now because of the things that they bring, the Lord wants you to know not to feel any burden over yourself. He says, I want you, Jason, to get healed up. That way you don't come back under that that shadow, that depression, that anxiety, that fear. Yeah, this is a time of, of, of great spiritual health, physical health. This is going to be, you have a long haul ahead of you. This is going to be, a, you're going to come into the biggest transformation of your life in this season, and the time is now. Yep. Yep. So I speak any place where your body is out of alignment, any place where there's anything that's off, I just speak right now in Jesus' name. I speak the healing of Jesus through his body right now. And I speak health and life over him. And I'm a big guy, so I can say this over him. We're not meant to be big. We got a big heart. But Lord, I pray that all the protection that he has around himself, Lord God, that that protection is no longer needed and that this is the time to run into the shelter of the Most High, where he doesn't have to protect himself anymore, that he doesn't have to expect blows coming upon him, Lord, for an angry father, but, Lord, that he's coming into a father that's loving and patient and kind and loves him not for what he can do, but for who he is as a son. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yep. Yep, it's going to be good. The upgrade's coming. It's here now. Yeah. One little side note is um, I believe the Lord is opening up uh, what I see is, and I'm not sure if this is what's happening now or it's about to happen, but I believe the Lord is about to give you an upgrade where you live. Because you want to have people come over and you want to have them, you have the, the gift of hospitality. You're going to help people party themselves into the kingdom of God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> have you had a prophetic word before? You probably had a couple of them. Come on. See, it's how much God cares about you. He knows little things about you. Never been like that. 
<laughs> God's covering the bases. And this, and this, and this. This is not going with you in this new season. Yeah. So who's this awesome woman next to you? She is amazing. Julie. Wow. Well, the thing I see with Julie is um, you are, you, um, God has given you a heart. I honestly see like this caregiver, like taking care of people and helping broken people. And uh, it's like, I believe that you are to help people mentally and emotionally get healing in their heart. And you have the spirit of counsel on your life. Yeah, and God is teaching you about grace. Uh, you are growing in leaps and bounds in this season. It's almost like you can't get enough, right? And you're expecting like on a weekly basis, what God, what's God going to do next? Jason, watch what God's going to do here. This is what she does. She reminds you, doesn't she? She's a reminder. Let me tell you, she fasted for 21 days, and um, I've smoked it for 30 years. And then when she got done fasting, I woke up on a Monday morning, and I'm smoking. Wow. I mean, I have a craved one. People smoke around me. I don't care about the smell. Wow. <laughs> that is so real. I so love that. <laughs> now wait a minute here. We're gonna have to give her like some sandwiches or something. Like we're gonna have to give her some cake or something, man. We gotta give her something. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. Well, I want you to know that one of the things that I believe you're going to do is I believe that one of the missions that you're going to live out is that you're going to help get set people free. And I believe that, um, that some of this freedom is very interesting because I don't know exactly what this looks like, but I see a hospital. And I, I believe that the Lord is going to have you go into places where there's people that are struggling with depression and anxiety, and you're going to go in and you're going to you're going to bring a message of hope to people that are struggling with mental issues and emotional challenges, and I believe you're going to help other people get their minds renewed, and I believe that some of the things I even shared today, the Lord's going to expand upon for you, and that's what I see for you. You're welcome. Yep. Hmm. I'm not just looking at you. I'm just seeing you're all looking a little shinier than when I like it. Shiny. She's meant to be shiny. <laughs> She's like, what are you up to? Hi. 
How are you? Good. I've given you a word before, haven't I? Yeah. So it's funny. The first word that I heard for you was rebel. That you are a rebel against the ways of the world. Like you are just not going to do things the way other people do them. You are uh, full of fire. Like you, you are like, like, uh, like a volcano. You got like all this fire inside of you. And it's like, but that's actually part of how God designed you. You are meant to be wild. You are, you are meant to be free. She's like, I'm not going to be bound by anyone. Right? And so um, what I believe is that one of the things that you are is a voice for those who have no voice. God's been like, he's been doing some deep work in you in this season. And it's like, sometimes you're just like, I don't even know how to even process this. I don't know how to work through this. And the Lord's like, just let me work through this. Let me do the work. I am the author and the perfecter of your faith. You're like, but God. And the Lord's like, just relax. And so I just feel like you're just coming to a season of just resting in him being refreshed, being encouraged. And um, like you're going to find yourself feeling like, like tons lighter. You carry so much on yourself. And the Lord's like, that's not your job. And your shoulders are not big enough. He's like, just let me take the rest. Let me take it. And I feel like that, um, that as you... Live, give this to the Lord, what's going to happen is God is going to, you're going to find like some of the things that you love to do that you haven't been doing, that you want to do and you think about it sometimes. I feel like that some of these things are going to come back to the surface. I feel like there's things that there's creativity that you're going to come into that it's been a while and you're like, you'll, 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 you might dabble here and there, but part of this is actually helpful for you to get your heart healed. Yeah. Um, there's a couple things that I, I, um, one thing I see is I see writing. And I feel like the Lord has given you, uh, he's given you the ability to, um, to wordsmith. You're a storyteller. And your stories are set to help set people free. I hear music. And the Lord is letting me hear the music of the soundtrack of what God's going to have you partner with him with. And um, I believe that there's, I see these, um, I see all these colors. And I believe that the Lord is going to show you how to paint the colors and the things that you're going to see in the spirit. 
And I feel like you're going to, that the Lord's bringing this creativity out in you even more than ever before. And it's almost like it's going to, that's what part of what's going to bring the healing, right? Um, the poetry, the, the, the stuff that's inside of you is going to come out. And um, where it might have been dark and anxious before, now it's coming out as light and hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this time period that you're in, it's like, when's this going to end? I want you to know that you're, um, that this is a season of you being ministered to and receiving and not have to figure anything out. I was like, I got you, right? I got you. Yep, you're welcome. Uh huh. Oh, yeah, I got something for you guys. Yeah, you too. Did I ever give you a word before? Oh, yes. yes. No, this is requires, this requires a seat. Don't be scared. I promise. It could just be allergy season, you know? Like, so what's your names? Pat. Sierra? And Patrick, mm -hmm. cool, nice to meet you. So, um, this is very interesting. Um, sometimes the Lord will show me somebody else that I know, and that He'll say that this person is like this person. And um, I, I, so the first, it's, it's really interesting. I know this guy that is very smart. Like he, whatever he puts his hands to he is excellent at like if he focus and he'll focus he'll hyper focus so like he's like at a young age he was winning like guitar solos and he was playing guitar and he was like mastering it and he was moving i mean just stuff that you didn't even i mean he's just doing it i mean he's just making music and that and so um and then like he learned how to play video games and he was like mastering all these levels and he won all these competitions and art he like he even did art and he did stuff with markers i want you to know patrick that whatever you put your hands to you'll excel in you are smart and you are an overcomer like one thing about you is like you're like a honey badger <laughs> And like, you know, ever see honey badgers when they go into like bees and stuff and they're getting stung and they're like, whatever. Yeah, you're like a honey badger. And, and like, you're not gonna be so easily offended and it's like, I'm not dealing with this, this is stupid because God has given you such a cool perspective on life. And I want you to know that I feel like your perspective and the things that you've experienced in God, I feel like that your perspective needs to be heard more than ever before. And I feel like the music, like bringing out the music and what you have, like I don't even know like 
what you, but whatever you're doing, I just believe that that's coming out more in this season. But the Lord has made you, he's fearfully and wonderfully made. And where the world might have tried to make you feel less than is that the Lord is wanting you to, he wants people to know that, um, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He's made you like to the coolness of who you are. I feel like, I also feel like you are about, to, I mean, I think this is already happening because this is an awesome church, but you're going to realize how awesome God made you to be by how people respond to your stories and the things that God's done with you. And then you have this awesome lady here who is powerful. She's like a sponge for everything. And she, I just feel like you have such a heart to learn. Like you just want to grow and learn. And you're just like, this is amazing. Like I feel like, I feel like I'm a part of a family. I want you to know that you are about to experience family on a whole new dimension. And I want you to know that you're going to create the family that you wanted for your own self. And you're just going to be so healthy. It's going to be so strong. It's going to be bringing encouragement. You're going to, I feel like there, there's more to this. You're, God is leveling up this. Like you're going to take whatever good you experienced and you're going to take it to a whole new level. And I feel like your family is going to be like, hey, I need to learn from you. I need to understand what's happening in your life. I need to have your breakthroughs. And I feel like that that's what's coming out in a whole new level in this season. And um, I, so I don't, I'm not saying that this is like, like you need to go and join the children's church or anything. But I want to say to you is that I believe that you're going to call out the destinies of children. I'm a oh, you are. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so you're going to call out the destiny of these children. I see that you're going to do that, and you're going to be a voice for the children. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Uh, for you, do you play music? Or? I do. Okay. Huh? I just started in a new band. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I know you got a lot of musicians here, so you're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. See, that wasn't so painful, right? Um, okay. Um, one more for you guys. Got something for you guys. Man, it's like all these awesome faces. I just love to be with you guys, but... The time is coming to an end. All right. So I just feel like um, I just kept on hearing kings and queens, kings and queens, kings and queens. And what I believe I'm hearing is that you guys, um, God is leveling up your influence in the world. And um, I believe that God is... Um, God is about to connect you to people in, that are royalty, that there are, there are, um, they are kings and queens of the industry, and that, that some of these connections are going to open up a floodgate of all the promises and things that you've been told over the years. It's actually going to be one foul swoop. It's going to be a huge 
um, outpouring of everything that God's been saving up for you guys. I feel like there's a dam that's about to be broken that's going to bring these in and we're going to be celebrating these things. It's going to feel like Jubilee. That's what I sense for you. I sense that for the church as a whole, but I really sense that for you guys in this season. Yeah. So Lord Jesus, thank you God for all the words. Thank you God for bringing the people here. I bless all my friends here. I pray in Jesus' name that my friends will come more encouraged than when they came. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that they got something out from the message too, that something in them will light up, Lord, that they'll be encouraged, that they'll be full of hope. I bless them. I bless the, the works of their hands. I thank you, God, for the missions you've called them to. But number one, I thank you, God, for them to be those who are a kingdom of priests that love you. And they, they love you, not just for what you can do for them, but for who you are, Jesus. And I thank you, God, that you are giving us Holy Spirit cravings. In Jesus' name, amen. It is. You just packed it in. It was all good. All good. Hey, so next week we won't be here, right? Where will we be? Trap Pond. See, Angie leaves the room and you guys are lost already. I'm telling you, follow her next Sunday or you're going to be messed up. Uh, so next weekend, Trap Pond. Uh, same time, 10 o'clock is when we'll start this, the service. Yeah. Um, so not next week, but the Sunday after will be the final Sunday for the offering for Haiti because we want to get that money sent down so they can get that construction project wrapped up. So if, you're, if you have it on your heart to give, you can give next week, but the following Sunday will be the, the last Sunday, and then whatever we have, I'm going to show the prayer room. I promise I will keep it short. But as I sat and listened to every one of those words around the room, they were just spot on and so, so, so good. It was just good time for that. So, Father, thank you for today. We, we receive all that you've uh, packed into us in this time. And uh, Lord, as we go about this week, may we go and image you well. If, even if with all that Darby said, may we image you well with the fruit of the Spirit to each person that we meet so that they meet you. And we give you all praise and all glory. Amen.